I V M I V M Welcome to All Things Policy a daily podcast by the Takshashila Institution We are a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru and we like bringing fresh perspectives to Indian affairs and Indian perspectives to global affairs So grab a cup of coffee sit back and join us for today's chat Hello and welcome to All Things Policy Early this year everything seemed to be going Vladimir Putin's way The Russian president announced a nationwide vote on constitutional changes that would allow him to run for another term as president, a move interpreted by many as designed to make him the lifelong ruler of the country. The Syrian civil war seemed increasingly over, with Russia successfully establishing itself as a global player. And even as the COVID-19 pandemic began to spread, Russia and Saudi Arabia had a tussle over oil prices, with Russia apparently deciding to go its own way instead of cooperating with OPEC plus mechanisms of keeping prices high. But today Putin's Russia faces its most serious threat since the annexation of Crimea in 2014. COVID-19 has spread rapidly in Russia, placing enormous strains on its public health system. Its economy is in lockdown. The vote on Putin's presidential future has been postponed. So what do all these challenges mean for Russia's future? I'm Anirudh Kanesetty and I have with me Dr. Chandra Rekha, research fellow at the Indian Council for World Affairs. Dr. Rekha joined us for an episode on the India-Russia relationship in August 2019, which you'll find a link to below. And she's also written a report for the ICWA on Russia's fight on COVID-19, which is linked below. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Rekha. Thank you so much, Anirudh, for giving me this chance, and it's good to be back. Welcome back. So uh, let's begin by talking a little bit about Russia's preparedness for the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, in your report, you mentioned that after the collapse of the Soviet Union, there have been some differences in the way that Russia has approached healthcare. So can you tell us a bit about them and talk about its preparedness for the pandemic? Uh, right now, Russia is standing second uh, highest number of infections, if you see. And uh, despite Russia containing the COVID infection surge earlier, and they appearing very confident that you know it has contained the spread of the pandemic but now the situation seems to have reversed and a lot of this blame has actually gone on the way the healthcare system has failed to tackle the situation uh if you see now uh not just russia actually but at the global level itself the way the healthcare system preparedness has been uh it has exposed the vulnerabilities but if you take russia in specific there is large scale criticism of the existing healthcare system which since the soviet collapse has seen an impact especially with the budget allocation for healthcare system which has dropped immensely now these factors have continued to worsen uh, as it has led to inefficiency and lack of resources throughout the healthcare system uh while russia has taken measures to revive its healthcare system with the establishment of a number of hospitals and a huge army of medical doctors due to the lack of funds medical and technical equipment and supplies and also given the economic crisis uh this has limited government contribution to the overall healthcare system so the significant outbreak of the covid-19 pandemic in russia Uh, has only brought the attention of how prepared Russia's healthcare system has been. 
so as almost entirely on dealing with the crisis the healthcare system has faced far more challenges such as shortage of medical equipment infrastructure and staff while russia has claimed to have focused on reviving its healthcare system over the years the healthcare reforms however seem to have failed in preparing to deal with a biological threat of this level so given the infection rate growing exponentially in russia one of the biggest task ahead for the country in the post covid 19 scenario would therefore be to feature public healthcare system and health facilities prominent in its domestic reforms with a more budget allocation something that they need to focus beyond their military budget allocation so there would potentially be a very big change for russia right considering that over the last few years the military has really been the aspect of russian power that we are seeing the most um i want to ask you now russia is is a major hydrocarbon supplier um it has very considerable reserves i think over 500 billion dollars um do you see this being channeled into its healthcare system right now as we speak hopefully it should uh, given the fact that uh, the way the healthcare system vulnerabilities has been exposed and this has also brought a challenge for putin himself uh, now that putin wants to have a lifetime uh, political ambition in uh, russia uh, the way he tackling the pandemic will have a huge impact on the referendum which is supposed to be taking place once this whole pandemic is under control so should he uh now announced that you know a larger budget allocation will be allocated for healthcare system uh, that will be interesting so let's talk a bit about um how exactly russia is dealing with the pandemic right now right so what exactly is the impact of the pandemic you mentioned that russia has among the highest number of cases in the world um even before the eruption of the pandemic it was struggling from demographic challenges with an aging population um and so on a lot of like public health issues it was facing even before the pandemic came in um and also now because of the pandemic there have been lockdowns imposed all across the country how do you see this impacting russia's um, domestic political economy going forward the, the impact of the pandemic has offered a curious case especially for russia given the fact that you know it has a huge impact on its demography which now is seen more of a moral defeat it has exposed the vulnerabilities of its healthcare system and also it is going to impact its economy and now with four top russian officials especially the prime minister and the kremlin spokesperson being hospitalized due to covid has only shown that russia has indeed fallen short in containing the covid infection but if you see the measures undertaken some of the measures earlier included lockdown of the capital moscow ban for entry of foreigners suspension of international air and uh, railway traffic closing of its borders e passes all these initiatives russia did take but uh, it didn't help much latest initiatives now include uh, increasing the tests which are carried out to date uh, then you have more hospitals uh, centers being opened uh with one of the contingency plan was to build a hospital within a month which russia did outskirts of moscow but the real question here is like you said are they doing enough so uh, one thing we need to notice is that while the surge is on the infected cases uh, there is also a drop right now which is happening apart from that if you see the recoveries has increased in the number of patients in russia with a lesser mortality rate 
while critics have casted doubts on Russia's low official mortality rate, uh, the possible reasons for this can be identified as Russian health officials say one of the reasons the count is lower is only because the deaths are directly caused by the virus that are being included. To prevent the country from further escalation of the pandemic, Russia has imposed stringent measures by declaring high alert and imposed self-mandatory quarantine. The country had more time to prepare hospital beds and launch wide-scale testing to slow its spread. Uh, apart from this, to cope with the surge of infected cases, Russian government, like I said, had time to build uh, hospitals outside uh, Moscow. And the other point is that there is a large younger population in Moscow. So the recovery rate has been high. And also the fact that the surge of the infection has been largely concentrated in Moscow and St. Petersburg, where healthcare system is much better compared to the other regions of Russia. So that way they are able to control this. But this is not enough, uh, given the fact that, you know, uh, there are wide concerns raised by doctors about the accuracy of the test. Uh, there is also a stress regarding medical supplies, including the supply of personal protection equipment and ventilators. Uh, there are scores of medical staff who have quit on grounds of lack of adequate protective equipment in chronically underfunded health system with poor working condition and low wages. Now, if you also see Russia's traditional role as an aid giver during the initial period has now reversed with Russia now seeking assistance from its bilateral partners such as India and China. So Russia welcomed India's goodwill gesture to send medicines to help fight the coronavirus, reflecting the spirit of the partnership, so on and so forth. So these are some of the things which has exposed Russia's uh, failure in its measures to contain the surge. So it really doesn't look like a very pretty situation in Russia. Um, as you said, um, there's a lot of reports coming out, especially from doctors saying that um, the death numbers aren't being accurately reported. Um, and it's a little difficult to believe that, um, you know, with the, with the kind of working conditions that, that they're facing right now, that Russia is going to be uh, tackling the pandemic very quickly. Um, yes. Dr. Rekha, one other thing that you had mentioned in your report was the fact that um, since Russia has been facing demographic challenges, um, it's been trying to look towards immigrant labor as a potential source of keeping its economy going in the future. Um, how do you see that being affected um, now that there's so much global fears about immigration spreading the pandemic? See, some of, despite all this, uh, you know, impact and things like that, which is happening on Russia right now, there are some of the issues that Russia has not compromised despite the COVID surge. And one such issue has been how it has dealt with the migrant population. If you see, the migrant issue has been very uh, tenuous in rest of the world. And with Russia banning international passenger flights and railway services, nearly 7 million documented and undocumented migrants were stranded in Russia. In fact, uh, the attitude of the authorities on this issue was upbeat as they indicated that it was safer for the economy and for the laborers themselves to keep working in Russia than to be holed up in self-isolation. Deputy Prime Minister uh, had stated that the cabinet recommends not stopping the construction of facilities, for instance, at which migrant workers were involved. 
at the same time he reiterated that uh, it was necessary to provide separate cabins at construction sites to isolate workers in the events that patients with covid infection are identi identified uh, as regards to russia's uh, dealing of the migrant population if you see uh, they had also passed a law the migrant laborers don't have to now go back home to re renew their visa and things like that everything is arranged in russia itself so they they are uh, well prepared to take care of their migrant uh, labor force even the fact that now uh, give the situation is such that they cannot go back to their uh, home uh, state and you know renew their visas and things like that uh, russia has given them the option of renewing it from russia itself uh, in the required uh, embassies and uh, required places which uh, recognizes the legal aspects of migrant uh, you know renewal of passports and things like that so uh, uh, they had floated uh, in the parliament to automatically extend labor uh, work permits sparing them from having to line up outside immigration offices uh, to ensure that they remain in good legal standing in russia itself so these are some of the initiatives that russia has taken that's quite a smart move so um it does seem like russia is is trying to take care of its migrant workers but i would like to like bring us back once again to um russia's response itself and i would like to talk about two things first how are russians perceiving the russian government's response to the pandemic and second how is the world perceiving it uh, see uh, within russia if you see uh, the efforts by russia especially uh, giving food assistance and financial assistance to older population population which is above 65 years uh, because they are in self quarantine and things like that uh, there is a general satisfaction but on the other hand if you see uh, there is the the argument that um, you know putin's approval ratings has dropped in recent times especially the way he has tackled the whole covid situation because it has only raised questions such as for so many years despite him being in power why has the healthcare system so weak and is unable to tackle the situation the large protest by healthcare staff the oil price war all these has not gone down well with uh, the russian public so there is a negative side to this whole uh, aspect of how russia has dealt with the covid situation but if you see on the international uh, level uh, russia's role in humanitarian aid uh now russia is one of the few countries that had sent medical assistance to other countries in combating the increasing cases of infection from covid pandemic in the initial stage so there is this image if you see off late if you notice russia seems to balance its role from being a military assertive country to using diplomatic space to promote its foreign policy interest but using diplomatic space or even public diplomacy in promoting its interest among european countries has been bleak until now so the pandemic has actually given russia that opportunity to focus on public diplomacy and humanitarian gesture rather than going for assert military assertiveness uh, this is uh, seen as a step by russia to reshape its regional profile and obligation especially among long term western allies such as italy 
So Russia sent coronavirus equipment package that included ventilators, disinfectants, masks, so on and so forth to Italy, which had been the worst hit country by COVID in Europe. So the supplies were transported by military planes and things like that. Uh, now, what has happened is that um, while these humanitarian gestures by Russia are a positive side of Russia, to be frank, but it is seen with a lot of skepticism too. So the fact that, you know, um, uh, countries are now doubting uh, whether this public diplomacy is actually Russia's way of now using this as a foreign policy tool for gaining more and more uh, uh, pro-Western countries on its side, especially the European countries. So there is a negative uh, argument being given at the international level when it comes to Russia's humanitarian aid to uh, European countries. But one thing we need to understand is that now public dip diplomacy has made its way as an important foreign policy tool for Russia. This is something that the world needs to accept and this will be something that the political elites of Russia will start using uh, as an alternative. So this actually, I, th I think I'd like to tease out um, a, little, a little bit of what's happening here. Um, now, I think China also tried something similar, right? So uh, though China was the initial epicenter of the pandemic, uh, soon after that, it started to like, send out aid to other countries. Um, and there were some reports that emerged that China, Chinese diplomats actually demanded that various European countries, including Germany, for example, um, mm. should complement China's uh, efforts, complement uh, China's um, aid. And um, I don't see Russia really doing that. So it does seem like the Russians are being a little more delicate in the provision of aid um, than the Chinese are. But at the same time, I would also think that for Europe, or at least some European countries, there is a far more confrontational relationship that is there with Russia, that even if you do this public diplomacy in a moment of crisis, that underlying tension isn't going to go away, right? So I believe recently there were a lot of reports uh, in uh, from the Czech Republic about mm -hmm. um, th this is kind of confrontation that was emerging, especially with the Russian embassy. Uh, there was a gang of masked men in Moscow that went and made a ruckus outside the embassy of the Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. um, do you really think that measures like sending out aid are going to change the much deeper institutional distrust that is already there between these countries? It is because if you see, uh, this is something very new for Russia itself, you know, public diplomacy. It has never been its strength. But for China, it has been, you know, it has somehow uh, manipulated terms and, and uh, nomenclatures showing that this is more of their way of helping uh, countries through, you know, a soft way of uh, dealing with situation. But for Russia, things have never been uh, so smooth and, you know, uh, at the soft level. So public diplomacy is not its strength, to be frank. It is a very initial uh, phase for Russia right now, and it is trying to use this as one of the foreign policy tools. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there is always a sense of doubt among European countries. But at the same time, we should also see the developments that is taking place in Europe itself, which is giving Russia the chance to, you know, use this to change its regional profile, especially with the fact that uh, the way the uh, Italian situation was 
uh, in the in dealing with the coronavirus uh, situation it only showed how vulnerable italy was in coping with the pandemic while rest of the european countries failed to assist italy in dealing with the crisis now this is one aspect second aspect is the resentment towards the us for failing to provide any assistance to its allies especially european countries now this cannot be ignored the second point so the role of russia will therefore be paramount on how it will succeed in collaborating with the european powers in bringing order in a post covid uh, 19 scenario in the region so all these aspects need to be taken into consideration that's a fair point i would i would think that the fact that the us has such a bungled response both domestically and internationally to this crisis is going to give a lot of room for revisionist powers like russia and china and uh, while russia has not had the best of relationships with europe um, and it might very well be trying to cast itself as a more responsible part now i think one part of the world where russia's authority has significantly increased in recent years is the middle east Yes. Um now after the outbreak of the pan- just before the outbreak of the pandemic uh, there seemed to be a fairly confrontational relationship between Russia and Turkey uh, because Russia was supporting the Assad regime in Syria whereas Turkey was supporting the rebels that were based around Idlib um what we're seeing now after the pandemic is that Russia and Turkey seem to have found uh, some kind of modus vivendi right you're seeing that uh, they're doing joint patrols around the syrian border and all that so what do you see russia's role in the middle east being going forward right now uh, anirudh i feel that you know uh, the whole middle east uh, focus on middle east has taken a bit of back seat uh, russia is trying to approach it in a more soft way uh, uh, you know it is now taken a secondary position because right now russia's primary focus is to deal with the domestic uh, situation itself so as of now syria turkey it's not like it has diluted the focus completely uh, there are certain measures just to be in the uh, news russia doesn't want to you know fade away uh, by completely focusing on its domestic crisis uh, middle east is there right now in its foreign policy but now it has taken a much lesser importance uh, so it would be uh, difficult to judge as of now what uh, how it is looking at the whole syrian crisis and how it is going to deal with turkey and things like that because it needs to have a complete focus on this uh, very fragile region right now but uh, domestic crisis has overtaken russia's focus on middle east right now Okay fair enough so let me just to let me just try to summarize everything we've discussed um and if i've missed anything please feel free to add in um so broadly russia's healthcare system has been starved of resources for the last few decades um the onset of the pandemic has revealed a lot of fault lines a lot of issues in the way its healthcare system works um it has somewhat impacted the popularity of vladimir putin uh, and in terms of russia's position in the world it has used the us has withdrawal from the position of a global leader to kind of step up its public diplomacy efforts these have not necessarily been very successful and it's also um taking a little bit more of a back seat in the middle east because of the sheer scale of the domestic crisis yeah all right thank you so much dr rekha i think i have a much better understanding of uh, russia's fight with covid-19 now Um so thank you so much for joining me thank you so much for listening to all things policy and please read Dr Rekha's report there'll be a link to it in the description thank you so much anybody if you liked our show 
Don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in. I hope you enjoyed that show. We'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Paytm Money. While we're still going through lockdown, let me recommend a few quick shows for you to listen to. Check out Uncle Please Sit with Joel and Tushar. Really enjoy that show. They unpack some of the greater issues that we're facing, and I think you'll enjoy that. Also, do check out The Traveling Professor. That's a fun show that I think you're really going to enjoy as well. Fulia Bazi is a great show. It's a Hindi show about policy and things like that. They had a great episode last week. A close friend of mine from college, Joy Paul, was the guest. They talk about different social networks being used for different things. Very cool show. And uh, lastly, let me tell you about Simplified. Simplified. I did a live episode last week and uh, we're making the first part of that available on their feed right now. So do definitely check that out. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Thanks and please do keep listening. Do you wish you were smarter? Well, so do we. But the next best thing? We could make you sound smarter. And to help you with this endeavor, we are Simplified, a podcast uh, that attempts to break down the complex world around you with a little knowledge, a lot of poor jokes and a ton of random trivia. Episodes out every Monday on the IVM podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. See ya!